It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hi, everybody. Welcome to MLB.com Extras. I'm Matthew Leach, talking Atlanta Braves with MLB.com's Braves beat reporter, Mark Bowman. Mark, this is a team with very high expectations and a team that did a great job early in the year overcoming some injuries that I think people thought might have derailed them, and then it all kind of came apart in the second half. What happened to this club in the second half? You know, it's uh, there are a lot of different uh, – when you talk to some of the players, you know, what, when did it go wrong, what went wrong? Uh, I think the, the – the root of the matter was that there was some lineup construction problems. This offense has been uh, a problem throughout, and if we look at it, um, we say, well, what happened? You know, last year they ranked fourth in the in the league in, in national league in scoring. Well, this year they, they they struck out just as frequently, but the home runs weren't there. And when you point to the second half that being a different team, let's go back to the end of June. When Evan Gaddis uh, hurt, you know, injured his back, he sat out uh, approximately three weeks. So you're you're, you're looking at uh, probably missing somewhere between 15 to 20 games with the All Star break. You know, taking a uh, uh, being a part of that stretch, um, and then here throughout September when they have struggled mightily, uh, he has been uh, sidelined with what was strep throat and then um, a kidney stone. So without that that power presence in the middle of the lineup, they they that, that this offense that his struggle even while while he was present uh, was that that much worse and uh, you know obviously the, the other September problems were that Justin Upton did not uh, really get going ever and really he probably had his worst month that he's had since he's been in Atlanta and uh, you know I, I just don't think that, uh, that this team ever got going uh, we saw it in in early April they started off seventeen and seven. And they had the, their, their starting pitchers through those first 24 games had a 1.57 ERA. We all knew that couldn't, uh, they could not sustain that. But the thought was, okay, that the starting pitchers will take a step back, but the offense will start picking up more slack, and you know everything's going to even out. That this team will be okay. Well, you know, the, there's only one part of that equation that uh, that occurred, and um, it, it has been as as frustrating a season as I have seen here in Atlanta. Um, you know, since I started covering the club in 2001, there have been worse seasons. There have been worse teams, and I know Campus said that. You know, when I've written the word disappointment in the past, but I have not been around a team, and I, and I, don't, I think many of the people who have been here much longer than I have will, will say, I've never seen a team with expectations like this disappoint so greatly. And at least partly as a result of that, though, I think definitely not entirely as a result of the on-field. There was a pretty major change in the front office this week. Braves have replaced Frank Wren as their general manager. First of all, because I think there's a lot of uncertainty about this out there, how much of this was about performance and how much of it was about sort of organizational culture? I, I really think that it was the, you know, 
95% about organizational culture, uh, and maybe even greater than that. And I, and I will go as far as to once again say, had they made the playoffs, had they won uh, even the first round, let's say they got to the division series and won that, I, I think this was still going to occur. Um, something, you know, John Sherrill's just continued to uh, hear things about the unhappiness of, of his employees. Uh, there was a, he pointed out, doubting in player development. If you look at the list of prospects the Braves have had uh, here recently, you know, the, it, it, there's, it's not like they, they, they once had. They, they used to um, be much stronger in that department. You know, some people point out, hey, look, well, you know, all their young talent is already there in Atlanta. And there's some truth to that, but there have been some, some, uh, some negative drafts here recently. But at the same time, you know, Charles can't uh, overlook the fact that some of you know there were a couple years there um, under his tenure. Oh six. Uh, uh, 07, they hit on a bunch of them. That was the Hayward Freeman years, but 08 was not a good one. That was the year after Sherrill. So it, it's, um, you know, this has been a kind of a, a lingering problem, uh, not only with the talent that's coming in, but, but there was just a lot of un- unhappy employees. Uh, and the, the organization there at the minor league level was not good. At the major league level, what you know, what I'm hearing from players, especially now after speaking out a little bit more about this, was just the disconnect. Uh, that was felt between themselves and the front office. They they didn't feel um, like there was a they, they, they could turn to those guys and they could trust them uh, is a word that I've heard of multiple times. Um, you know, there's there's a, there's a lot of these guys that I, I went to to ask about this. They say, well, I really don't know what it's like about it, you know, anywhere else because there are so many homegrown players here. But I've gone to the other guys who have uh, been multiple places, and that's what they said that. Uh, you know, they just didn't feel like the support was there, not only with them but with the coaches, and, they, and that created a culture that, that was not healthy uh, within the clubhouse. So, you know, I think John Sherholtz felt this. Uh, here's a guy who, who really helped build this organization into, you know, uh, a proud one throughout the 90s and early part of this decade. And, uh, you know, I think he and Bobby Cox, Got together and tried, and now they're going to try to restore what what they had before. Um, they're going to have to. Uh, it's going to take some time, and and the first step is finding the right guy to hire as a GM. And you kind of touched on my next question there, based on who is running this search and and how it's going to be done. I think it's fair to say that we already have a pretty good idea of, if not who the name is, at least kind of what the candidate's going to look like and what they want in a general manager. I, I do. I really do. I think that uh, um, you know we've thrown some names out there. Um, I, I think there are a lot of people here in Atlanta. If they if they were around Dayton more when he was here, they like him. But I, I really see him as a. Uh, I don't want to quite call it a long shot, but to get back to exactly what you said, the fact that that John Sherholtz he's showing that he's showing that he really would like John Hart to take this job on a full time basis. Uh, John Hart obviously has shown that he would like to continue to have his freedom, you know, continue to be an MLB network analyst to not be tied down to the job full time. Uh, I've also heard Jerry Hunsaker's name. Uh, I've heard uh, Dan O'Dowd's name, but I I really, that one I have not written for the simple fact. I don't think there's a reason to touch anything, you know, associated with the Rockies right now. Um, and I think that 
Uh, but but just the fact that 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 character, that the older uh, GM style, is being thrown out there with that name, leads me to think that that they would like to hire a guy who would be around here for two or three years and then uh, you know hand the reins and see if John Fampolella, uh, a bright young mind, is ready to take over the role at that time. And, and uh, you know I, I really think Copy can do a lot of aspects of the job. Just I think at 36 years old, um, John Sherholt says. Uh, he needs a few more years of seasoning. Needs to get out in the public eye a little bit more. Uh, get get more comfortable there, and uh, you know, maybe in a few years he will be ready. To what extent is a search then complicated by all of that? I mean, if you want to hire somebody as a general manager, and yet somebody knows that the number of big personalities, and not just big personalities, the number of sort of big influences, the number of people who will have a major say in the decision making. How much does that complicate the search for somebody to be your general manager? Well, you're saying they, they, if, with John Hart's presence there, how with, does that complicate with, it? With Sherholtz clearly going to have a strong say, with Bobby Cox right. apparently going to have a strong say, with potentially your successor right there in the front office. It just seems like there's some places where you go in as a GM and you say, this is my show. seems like if you go in as a GM there, you know that – you're not going to be the final person saying, this is my show. You're going to be part of a group that maybe that's not always the way it works in front offices. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's, that's a very good point. And, and I think that the same the, can be said um, about how the fans say that they're not real happy. That it, it seems like they're leaning towards, you know, keeping Freddie Gonzalez. There's a lot of fans that, that you know, say, you know, enough's enough. Uh, they, they need a, a complete new, uh, reboot. They want to see Freddie go as well. Um, and I think that's along those lines that they're saying, well, as long as Bobby's there, Freddie's not going anywhere. And I don't, I understand why they're saying that. I, I do. Um, and there's that there may that that may prove to be true. But um, I think that applies to exactly what you're saying as well. Is well, if, if these are the guys that are, that are running the show, these are uh, uh, then how are the GM from the outside going to come in and, and be able to? his own show uh, are there going to be limitations that are they going to feel like you know everything that they do has to be what uh you know john sherholz and bobby cox want the one thing i will say to that is john sherholz the one thing i have learned over the years is he is a great leader because he he does delegate authority once he hires you he steps out of the way you know whatever job he's given you uh, that has what is what has made him successful, and if he's going to to make this successful transition uh, with with you know hiring this next GM, he's going to have to do that as well. Uh, you know, find a guy that he trusts, put him in that job, you know, step out of the way. And uh, but but it, you're right, it, it's going to be interesting to see uh, who he sees fit to, to take that role. As far as the product on the field. What do you see this team trying to accomplish and making as its priorities this off season? Well, you know, there's so many different things. You know, BJ, BJ Upton's salary sitting right there. You know, how do you move him? Uh, Evan Gaddis, here's a guy who who has incredible power. Uh, you know, at the catcher's position, but you know, is that power going to wane as the years go on? He's had has to fill play the catcher's position on a daily basis. Do you try to move him to an American League team? Uh, that their second baseman of the future is probably not quite ready. So you, you're looking at Tommy 
Listell and Phil Gosselin coming back there, but Jose Barraza may come up at some point midway through next year. And uh, there are some questions of the pitching staff. I think they have to hope that Mike Miner's shoulder, uh, you know, as, uh, over the winter does feel, they have to hope that it was just the odd spring training that he had this year that led to his problems. You know, if you've got Julio Teron, Mike Miner, and um, and um, who am I missing? Oh, Alex Wood. You know, as your front three, you know, that's, a, that's a good base. Um, you know, it's going to be some interesting decisions with Chris Medlin coming off a second Tommy John surgery. Where how much, you know, how much, do, you know, how much do you try to bring him back? You know, what what kind of offer do you make to him? Uh, same thing with Brandon Beachy, um, Aaron Harang. You know, do you, do you, you know, try to bring him back on another cheap offer, take another chance, or you know, was the gamble? Uh, have you already taken that gamble? Uh, or made the most of that game. Well, let's say that uh, David Hale could step into a rotation spot. There, there will be some some questions there on the uh, in the, within the rotation. Um, I, I do expect this to be an active offseason. I don't think there will be very many uh, stretches between now and, and at least the winter meetings where you know the Braves aren't creating some kind of news. All right. Well, sounds like you'll be busy. Mark Bowman, thanks for taking some time to chat here on MLB.com Extras, and thanks, everybody, for listening. Catch all of the second-half action on MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service. Watch every out-of-market game streamed live online or on the go in true HD. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 14 subscription, allowing you to watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.